Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And welcome to March 11th, 2021, my father's 100th birthday. Oh, geez. Well, whoops, why'd they get another beep? Just in case you didn't hear me the first time, welcome, March 11th, 2011. 2011? In my dreams, 2021, I believe, lost 10 years someplace. Uh, so, guys, I've been increasingly uh, talking to people about this excitement many are feeling about the beginning of the end of this pandemic year. Uh, we can all sort of feel it and or see it, those who've been vaccinated, obviously can do that uh, more, but with the spring as well coming, there's this sense of hope and a return to getting back to normal. And I have to just share this, this thought with you just because I suspect I'm not alone in having heard it and or even felt it on occasion. There are people who are volunteering that they don't quite want to get back totally <laughs> to normal, that there are aspects of this last year that in some ways they have welcomed um, as the prospect of going back to normal, uh, the, the realization that there are aspects of this last year that they have welcomed becomes more difficult to ignore. And generally speaking, I would say the that feeling uh, probably most commonly is in regard to people who don't want to get back to the scrambling from place to place and thing to thing and, and, and all of the, the sort of, you know, constant frenetic craziness that constitutes so many people's lives. Too much to do, right? And for a lot of people being shoved back into a situation where a lot of those things were taken away, it cleared out their days in some respects. And a lot of people found that they appreciated <laughs> that kind of respite. So I am just saying it's going to be interesting as we feel our way, grope our way back, what we choose, and I hope that that will be a possibility, what we choose to return to. And what we choose to eschew, God bless you. So 
just saying. I mean, in particular, I know one person who is uh, incapable of saying no to people who ask favors, things. And um, she is just constantly racing from place to place. And she has said that she dreads going back to that, that she has enjoyed having what feels like more agency over her own life. And, uh, well, in her case, I just suggested you got to learn how to say no. But for some people, that's like really difficult. And so she's ambivalent in a way, in a way, ambivalent <laughs> about returning to normal. Um, I'm just throwing this out there for whatever rumination, personal or otherwise, it uh, might provoke. Um, it's a good day. Joe Biden, uh, two months into his presidency, uh, passed the uh, the largest. Uh, what are we calling this? The largest. I would say safety net, the largest safety net and uh, injection of federal aid to the people of this country uh, since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And he did it with nary a Republican vote. And so our uh, brain dead media are suggesting that, well, he's not being bipartisan like he promised to do. I would uh, remind folks that he has already been more bipartisan than certainly the guy he replaced, that he has held regular meetings in the Oval Office with members of uh, both parties in, uh, in dealing with issues that uh, needed to be addressed. What he encountered is what, of course, surprises no one, just a total unwillingness on the part of Republicans to be partners at a bargaining table. And so he did what he had to do. He went on without him. And if it's bipartisanship people are howling about, there is bipartisan approval great bipartisan approval of this uh, $2 trillion aid package. And that bipartisan approval comes from the most important source, the people of the United States, be they Republican or Democrat or neither. All polling shows 70% of Americans are welcoming this. And even a huge percentage of people who voted Republican. So I don't know how this plays out that the Republican Party can turn its back on its own voters. I don't get it. I never will. Uh, anyway, this is big. 
As uh, the president said, this legislation is about giving the backbone of this nation, the essential workers, the working people who built this country, the people who keep this country going. This is about giving them a fighting chance. He'll be speaking, of course, later this evening. <clears throat> Merrick Garland is uh, now at the Justice Department. He was sworn in about uh, an hour ago. <coughs> and um, and he just went right to work, said thank you very much, and went off to work. So that's good. Meanwhile, a blast from the past, the Four Seasons Total Landscaping, you recall that Philadelphia uh, small business, uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping, where Rudy Giuliani held that famous, <laughs> famous news conference. Uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping has tweeted out that we have renamed all our garlands Merrick. Just saying. <laughs> Excuse me. I want to take just a little time to share with you, <clears throat> and I really don't know if this is a good use of my <laughs> show because this is the kind of thing, you know, that you can get from so many other sources. But I'm just going to do it real quickly, especially things that um, uh, I didn't know about this legislation. <laughs> um, we have talked about the, the what everybody thinks is the most uh, significant aspect of this uh, bill, and that is the changes to the child uh, tax credit, uh, which is increased and um, uh, so that uh, families with uh, children under a child under the age of six will get, uh, you know, three thousand six hundred dollars for that child, and for children older than that, six to seventeen, uh, it's a little less. It's just uh, what three thousand. Um, and this will be not in a lump sum, this will come in monthly checks. So it will be this sort of constant monthly help. And it is expected to lift millions of American children out of poverty. And it is hoped that it will, once the American people feel the impact of it, that it will be renewed. And so it won't just be this year. It'll be every year. And this is, this would bring us at least into the room, into the company of almost every other industrialized nation because other nations have for years and years and years given these kinds of 
monetary benefits to families raising the next generation. Some things that are in there that I don't know that everybody knows. First of all, if you get insurance through uh, Obamacare, through the Affordable Care Act, um, it's going to be less expensive. Generally speaking, you will see, and you won't have to do anything. You'll just note that, wait, I'm not, that's all I'm paying this month. So health care will be less for a lot of Americans. Another thing I did not know about is pensions, especially pensions uh, from some union uh, sources, uh, truck drivers, uh, retail clerks, uh, construction workers. A lot of these people are covered uh, by multi-employer pension plans because they change jobs a lot, but the pension comes supposedly with them. But these pension plans are in terrible shape. So the odds are that a lot of these retired truck drivers and and builders, construction workers, whatever, are people in entertainment, apparently, people who work in the fields, a lot of sort of lower to middle class American workers uh, the reality is, is those pensions are not going to be there for them. They're not going to be there. And that will be a huge, huge problem for this country as we battle poverty in our children. The fact is there is another poverty crisis in our elderly and retired population. And so this bill provides $86 billion. And that money is going to cover about 11 million American workers as they retire and ensure them that they will, in fact, get their full pensions for the next 30 years. Now, I suspect that's not known by a lot of people. I also suspect that a lot of these people who have, because of this legislation, which no Republican voted for, will now be able to sleep at night knowing that their their older years will be secure in a way that they have not (coughs) been. I'm willing to bet that the vast majority of those people who are going to be sleeping at night are Trump voters. And who's going to tell them? <coughs> and when their pension comes, they who's going to tell them? You know what? That's because of Democrats. It wouldn't have been there. Because there's about 185 of these uh, multi-employer pension plans, union-based, that are on such 
shoddy foundations right now that they wouldn't get their pensions. Now they will. Um, if you've ever had the misfortune of having to go through a program known as COBRA when you lost your job. And because in this country we're insane, if you lose your job, you also lose your health insurance often. And COBRA was a program that was put in place where it allowed you to keep the the health insurance that your former employer gave you until you could find something else. And I once had to do that. And I was blown away to find out that this wonderful, so-called wonderful plan, COBRA, um, offered me the insurance I'd been getting, but at such a huge, huge cost. It was like, what? And and in fact, I've found since that normally somebody who thinks COBRA is going to help them and then looks into it ends up paying more than 100% of the cost of the premium. More <laughs> than 100% of the premium. Well, say goodbye to that because of this bill. Because under this bill, the government will pay the entire COBRA premium through September 30. That's something. There's also something involving student loan forgiveness that I had not heard about. I'm just going to read this little thing to you because I just don't get it. Um, if you already have student debt, you will not have to pay income taxes on forgiven debt if you qualify for loan forgiveness or cancellation. I don't even know what that means. For example, if you've been in an income-driven repayment plan for a certain number of years, if your school defrauded you, or if Congress or the president wipes away $10,000 of debt for large numbers of people, you won't have to pay income tax on all of that forgiven debt. And that will be the case until the end of 2025. There is stuff in this bill that people just don't know about. And I guess it doesn't get reported a lot because, uh, I don't know, <laughs> because our media lets us down. Our media let us down. I'll get that right. Um, do I have a call? I'm sorry. I got a, a, a beep in my ear, but I didn't look. Caller? Hi, Wayne. Good morning. It's David. Hi, David. Hey, um, I was really surprised that um, you don't have to put into Social Security. Um, and people that were planning on getting that pension, um, Apparently, when Social Security was enacted, it was made, people were made aware that you didn't have to go into it. You didn't have to pay into it. Um, but, uh, really? Yeah, so people that had pretty decent pensions, like with GE and 
uh, well, the steel companies and, and even the school teachers. Um, oh, hell yeah. They thought they were going to do good. And, uh, well, the pensions are dried up and uh, they ain't doing so good. And I even had a friend that uh, he started working as a greeter at Walmart because he had to get in a certain amount of time before he even got a social security check. Um, I think he was like in his, in his early seventies when he had to go back to work. <clears throat> so you're saying if you were assured or you felt you were, your retired years would be taken care of by your company pension plan. So you didn't pay into social security. That's correct. And that, and, and, and then of course the pension plans were not funded. Right, right. And, 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 and from what, from what I know, you, you don't, you still don't have to pay into Social Security. It's not, it's not the law that you have to do it. Huh. Um, but maybe things were changed. But that I said to this guy, what, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you get Social Security? And he said, well, I didn't have to. I didn't have to pay. And I wanted, I needed the money. I was, I was running a little farm and, you know, his school teacher wasn't getting paid that much. Uh, I, Huh. I just, I just think it's weird. Uh, you well, know. you know, again, this, all of these kinds of things that Americans struggle with, grapple with, the sleepless nights uh, caused by, none of this happens in normal countries. None of this. That's true. We were in Norway. We are, you know, we we are an outlier. Yep. And we think, yeah, we're exceptional. We don't take care of our own. That's oh, what's most exceptional about and us. That, and the people that are really poor that don't have to file taxes, um, you, you know, they, I don't know, I don't know how they would get money to those people. I guess if you were, you were in the, uh, the Obama plan uh, for health insurance, the Affordable Care Act, maybe you could, maybe they could use that as a, a way to uh, get to these people, but to my knowledge, um, there's a huge swath of the population that they don't have to file taxes. You know, they, they people don't know. Well, that even if you don't file taxes, you do get this relief. Oh, good. I don't know how they know where you are, but they do. You're, you're going to get the relief. Well, maybe with the census. You know, good reason to. Yeah, whatever. Good reason, good reason to. And they say. Yeah, and they say that if you want to, I think it's a little early, but if you want to track where your money that's coming to you uh, will be, uh, there's you go to the IRS and they have um, uh, something called Get My Payment tool. So you could maybe track uh, what you're getting I, and where it is and when you'll get it and that kind of stuff. Um, so... I don't know. You know, if you take care of an older relative that lives with you and you claim them as a dependent, you're going to be getting that the same kind of uh, check that uh, families with children will get. Oh, wow. Well, that's well, that's definitely a lot of money. Then there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. But you have to have claimed them as a dependent. So if you have dependents that you claim, these this money is coming to you for the next year. That's a real good reason to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's hey, all uh, good. Hey, you know what? what? What's really a shame is that your show isn't more widely distributed. I mean, people, people. You know, there's not a whole lot of people that are that are tuned into you, and you say this stuff. People don't know about it. You know that those two stories yesterday, those those were golden. <laughs> those, I don't those, even those, remember those what I wonderful. talked about. Well, about okay. the guy McDonald, you know, with the uh, oh, with, oh, with yeah. the with the failed with ship the and Challenger, yeah, and that poor and that poor lady that had the genetic deficiency, oh. that Kathleen uh, Folgard or yeah. whatever her name was, you know, yeah, you, you don't people don't. Those are wonderful stories and and compelling, yeah. and I mean. Uh, I, I'm I'm just proud I'm just proud of you that you you re, you you hit you hit the target. I mean it's you know those were great stories yesterday. I really enjoyed them. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for that. Yeah. It means a lot to me. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you have a okay. good one. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, what else? I I got a bunch of stuff here, and I just never know. I don't have enough time to get it all in. Hang on. Henry just wrote me something. I've always been socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Normally, a bill like this might not fit well with me. However, looking at how the money is being spent, I cannot complain much. Given the current national emergency, I don't see how you don't spend this money. It's a must do. This is a shot in the arm, excuse the pun, the jab that we need right now. And P.S. I cannot tell you how much better I feel that Merrick Garland is at the helm of the uh, Justice Department. Um, yeah. So what was this thing? There was, and I don't know. This is forgive me. I'm talking. You know, I'm second guessing myself as I'm about to head into something here. Uh, there was this piece I read in the Washington Post the other day that just blew me away. And this is the kind of thing, even after I tell you about it, it will change nobody's behavior. I know it. But it gives us a frightening look, <laughs> as if there's not enough to get scared about of the future, of where we're heading. There has been a breach, a hack of a company called Verkada. And Verkada is a security company which sells cameras and software. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, companies buy it. So there, there's cameras everywhere now, right? And people have them in their homes. They spy on their children. They spy on their babysitters. They spy on anyone coming to their door with the, you know, these ring doorbells and all this other stuff. We are a nation that has said boo about the fact that we are constantly surveilled. And all of that video, and sometimes audio, is... Not just, it's not destroyed. It's held. It's owned. It's accessible. And some people broke in to this company's and in a single breach had access to 
over 150,000 security cameras in real time. And they did this as a cautionary note. They didn't do this to, you know, blackmail the company or anything. They did this to try to educate us, but we will not listen. One of the hackers shared some of what he had with the Washington Post, which then did this story. And if you don't understand that you are under constant surveillance, and often you are part, you're doing it yourself. I have friends who have this stuff. I have family who has this stuff. I'll die before I ever join this. And yet I'm caught up in it. These are images and videos from all over the world. This one company has 24,000 more than organizations from schools to offices to gyms to banks, health clinics, county jails that use its stuff. And these people broke in and man, what they could see. And this shows a central vulnerability of our current web-based reality. And it's only a matter of time, you know, before something really awful happens, maybe on an individual level to you. The reality is, is that we now watch ourselves constantly. And because there are this, you know, ubiquitous eyes of really cheap cameras that are focused on us. One guy who follows this does, says this, this breach should be a wake up call to the dangers of self surveillance. We are building networks of surveillance we cannot escape from our desire for some fake sense of security is its own security threat. Oh, I really have to know what's coming to my door, so I am going to do this. You get millions of people who think that way, and you build a security apparatus that can be used against you. And maybe Americans, you say, well, I live in this wonderful country. I live in a democracy. Our government would never, you can't say that anymore because we don't know where our government's going. Um, I want to give you just a little bit more. The hacker said it was incredibly easy to get in and they were stunned by how much real-time video they could watch and how many internal features they could access. Uh, the guy who hacked it says, it still feels incredibly surreal, the amount of foothold I was able to gain. That's the irony of this whole thing. 
all the cool features that they provide for security are exactly why everything broke and I can get in. These are schools, your kid's classroom, your workplace. <laughs> um, anyway, these things are always advertised as totally, you know, secure. Uh, but what they were looking at is people going about their lives. People sitting in a hospital waiting room. Uh, and as one person said, this is the hypocrisy of this kind of new internet business, this surveillance network. Anything you create under the guise of making more safe, making more safety is a tool that can be turned and used against you. And the more we allow companies, a few tech companies, to centralize this power, the more at risk we are. And most Americans just oblivious. Oblivious, just saying. I don't know if I have another call, but if I do, I'll take it. Hello? Howdy, Lynn. Hi. I just wanted to say something about uh, the guy that talked earlier about the Challenger explosion, and yeah. you talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention that when that happened, I told people that that was Ronald Reagan's deal to launch that thing when all the engineers at NASA said, it's too cold, we shouldn't do this, but he wanted a teacher in space because the next day was the State of the Union. And he wanted to, you know, bloviate about that. So even though nobody thought it was a good idea to do it, they did it anyway. And uh, you see what happens. Yeah. They were specifically warned of exactly what happened. And they signed off on it because, yes, the White House wanted this. The president was expecting this. And they had a schedule, and damn it, they weren't going to adhere to it. And so they pushed ahead. So we can have the first teacher in space that didn't quite make it. No. And by the way, whatever happened to Ronald Reagan, you know, with these Republicans? <laughs> I don't hear them saying, oh, Reagan, no, Reagan. No. no, they don't like him anymore. He wouldn't pass muster anymore. <laughs> He's disappeared, hasn't he? Well, it isn't his party anymore. No, that's, that's true. All right, well, I just wanted to yeah. say that. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, it was, I think, early this week that um, Father Joseph sent me a piece it was last week. I don't even know. And he said, this is a big deal. And it was a story about a woman who I'd never heard of, who had left the Southern Baptist Church. 
And it's a big deal because the woman who I've never heard of <laughs> is incredibly influential in that church with Southern Baptists. Her name is Beth Moore. And how a woman got to be so influential in a church that does not allow women to do much of anything but be barefoot and pregnant, it does not allow them to be pastors, does not allow them in any way to eclipse men. But she built this huge, huge, huge and influential following by being essentially a teacher. She wrote uh, tons of books and materials for people who were studying the Bible. And I guess she was really, really good at it because she took those biblical stories and made them accessible to people's own lives. And she's really powerful, especially among Southern Baptist women. And in fact, the president of a black Christian collective called The Witness said this, Beth Moore has more influence and more cachet with Southern Baptists, especially white women, than the vast majority of Southern Baptist pastors or other leaders. So her leaving is not just about one individual. She will give others the permission to leave. And what is the cause? Trump. She was, as a good Christian woman would have been, disgusted when she heard the Access Hollywood tape. She did not vote for Donald Trump. And then for the next four years, she watched in dismay to see that it was her people who were most enthralled to him. And so in 2018, she started publishing uh, things decrying uh, the Christian nationalism that Trump was employing. And <clears throat> excuse me, she also denounced, um, using her words, the demonic stronghold of white supremacy and the sexism and misogyny that is rampant in segments of the Southern Baptist Conference. Or convention, I guess it's, it is. But she finally had enough. And she says, there comes a time when you have to say, this is not who I am. And she says she faced staggering disorientation as she watched leaders of her church supporting Trump and the white supremacists and the whole bit, just stunned by it. So who knows? 
some people watching this, this this is reverberating largely in this in the Christian world. And um her leaving will help a lot of other people see what has happened to their church and leave. And, you know, the Southern Baptists have uh, done this to themselves. They've been on this road where they have gotten more and more and more uh, repressive and uh, just scary, if you ask me. I mean, it's just craziness. You know, Jimmy Carter, who I mentioned yesterday, (laughs) Jimmy Carter is a was a Southern Baptist. He left the Southern Baptist Convention. Conference? Convention? (laughs) I can't remember. In 2000, he severed ties with them. And he said it was because its increasingly rigid doctrines violate the basic premises of my faith. And I cannot be party to this. He didn't leave his prodigious faith, obviously. But he left that church. And by the way, that church is losing members. It's not growing anymore. It is losing membership. And maybe that's sort of a good sign, I'm just saying. Uh, Oh, God, Paul, I don't even want to think about it. I regret seeing how many places are planning big parties this weekend. St. Patrick's Day. Don't you remember last St. Patrick's Day? I mean, it's just like, idiots. Okay. It's a recipe for disaster. Yes, it is. I'm glad to see that the city will have police and fire officials making rounds at the bars this weekend. We're not out of the woods yet. I've noticed the same. These people would keep us in the woods. If they had their druthers, they would keep us in the woods for a long, 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 long time. Uh, here's something I read that I that chilled me to the bone. Want to pass on to you? As uh, the FBI continues uh, rounding up these uh, insurrectionists, identifying them, and then getting them, charging them. One of the ones they scooped up the other day is a guy named John Daniel Andres. And he's been charged with violent entry and disorderly conduct, okay? Here's the thing about this guy. Like so many of these people, he's a veteran. He's a veteran of the Marine Corps. But he's not just any veteran of the Marine Corps. This guy had a really high-level position that required top-secret security clearance. 
He was part of a, a squadron called HMX-1. And HMX-1 are the guys that oversee presidential aircraft. The helicopter, known as Marine One, when the president is aboard it, this guy specifically was involved with. And he was specifically involved with the president's helicopter when Barack Obama was the president. So think of what a guy who must have had his kind of, think of a guy that would have been in the Capitol that day and then realize that he somehow passed this top secret clearance and was in a position, frankly, <clears throat> to harm the president, Barack Obama. Just think of that. I'm, um, I understand that there's um, and more and more of an effort to find these people who are all over our military, all over our military, and often in positions like this where they could do extraordinary damage, and they're still there. If I have a call, um, come on in. Hello. Good morning, Lynn. It's Dave from Washington. Dave from Washington. Hi. Hi. Do you know why I'm calling today? Because uh -oh, it's my it's birthday. birthday. Oh, because oh, right, your birthday and my dad's birthday. So it's your dad's <laughs> birthday. So I'm calling to say happy birthday to your dad. Oh, thank you. I'm getting together with my mom and brother and sister on FaceTime later, and we're going to raise a glass to that wonderful man. His hey, hundredth birthday. For me too. I will. We'll definitely include a, That's another gulp. You betcha. Oh, I had a bunch of those last night. Yeah. Yep. Happy birthday. So how old are you? 62. Ah, youngin'. Well, you know, the way I see it, I'd rather be 62 than not get to 62. You know, it's, everybody says, <laughs> well, you're getting old. Well, it's better than not getting old, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, anyway, just want to call. I do this every year. Call and tell you that there's yes, somebody yes. out here in the world who... Never met the guy, but knows it's his birthday. And every year on today, I say happy birthday to Lynn Collins' dad. Norman Miller. God bless him. Thank you. All righty. I will talk to you again next week. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Way back in the day, some of you might remember, it has to be 30 years ago, some old sweet Jewish guy. I could tell he was Jewish. I think his name was like Mo or something. I don't know. He would, I can't remember his name. He would call me every year on my birthday and sing me a song. And it was the same song, and I'll be darned if I can really remember it, but it was so cute. 
the way he sang it. It was like, pardon me, Lynn. I understand today's your birthday. Da 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 dum da 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 dum da da da. So I I know the song, but I can't remember the lyrics he he used. And at one point, oh God, years and years and years and years later, I got a phone call from a woman who said that she was the daughter of or something. This guy. And he was celebrating his, it was a big birthday. I don't know, 85, 90, I don't know what it was. And she said, would you stop by? It'd mean the world. It'd be such a great surprise. <laughs> and so I was given the address in, in Squirrel Hill. And I did stop in and I met him for the first time. Pardon me. Oh, how cute. How cute. He's got to be long gone now. Hey, I want to uh, give you some additional good news. Do I have another call? I do. Why do I sound like I'm annoyed? I'm not. Hello? Hey, Lynn, it's Mike. Greetings from St. Petersburg, Florida. Hello, Mike. You were singing, and I thought, oh, I got to stop this. All right. It wasn't <laughs> too bad. It was I, I started dialing, so I didn't have to hear it. All right. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, so secret clearance or clearances is sort of my lane. I know too much mm -hmm. about <clears throat> And so if you have top secret clearance, how you get that or how you apply this very long laborious process and then they interview a lot of people in your life so many that you have to number one write them down who they should interview and then they call those people or come knocking on the door which is scary you know there's a knock on the door they hear from the FBI your heart literally stops so you have to warn everybody that this is coming and they sit down and they interview at least 10 people. I don't know how many it is, but it's a lot of people. And they ask them questions like, are they in debt? Do they have a second passport? Have they ever said anything that leads you to believe that they're um, against the government? And you can literally lose your, your clearance or not get it if that inter those interviews don't go perfectly well. If there's a shadow of a doubt, you don't get clearance. Now, if you already have clearance, and I was working next to a guy, if I were working next to a guy who had top secret clearance, and I knew he was at the insurrection, in order to protect my secret clearance, I would have to, if I had it, I would have to go and say, hey, this guy was at that insurrection, and he was, and I would have to report that it, mm -hmm. or, or lose clearance if I had one. Huh. So all of those people who had it, could have it, might have it, have really sealed their fate and will never have them again or lose it. The FBI does not play with us. No, I bet. So he but how scary is that, that somebody like this was like on Marine One, you know? Right. And he's probably not the only one. And that's why oh, Joe Biden pushed your detail, his Secret yeah. Service detail. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Which is exactly yes. what I would have done. 
Yes. Fumigate the place and switch the detail. Right. God almighty. Scary. It is really scary. scary. And after the insurrection and watching that, I kept saying to a friend, where, where is the National Guard? I could not believe that yeah. there are procedures for everything in the military. Everything. There's a standard operating procedure. And sure. there was one on that day. And what no one counted on was that Trump would say, or the Pentagon would say, no, don't send them. That's right. And, and that and has stop to be it thinking Trump had at the Pentagon by then. He had gotten rid of every, every new appointed defense secretary and underling who the defense secretary got more and more uh, incompetent. And the only qualification was loyalty to Trump. So by the time you get to January 6th, the Pentagon is still not with competent military people, but people who do Trump's bidding. They nickname Esper, Esper, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. That was his yes. nickname at the Pentagon. Yeah. Was the yes, yeah. sir. So and he that was better than the one who replaced him. Yeah, right. yeah. Or no president right. is really safe or no country is safe if the president can say, and that's what's so ironic about uh, people on the Capitol Hill, just voting, okay, no problem here. He came to kill you. He literally let his people try and kill you. I know. And now they're complaining about the boundaries around the... Yeah, the barbed wire. Yeah. Oh, it's really something. I know. It's, yeah, it's something. Hey, thanks for the call. I'll not sure. sing again, okay? Can I have it's that like, in you know, writing, it's weird. You know what? It's weird how some people see... I mean, for instance, when I sneeze now... For some reason, my dog thinks that is an invitation to play. So I cannot sneeze without knowing that there'll be this, like, dog in my face with some idiot thing hanging out of his mouth saying, hey, yes, let's play. So I, like, really try not to sneeze. So these unintended consequences. And an unintended consequence of me singing is that you'll jump on the phone. It's it's weird. You gotta I gotta remember all this stuff. Can I let you in on a secret? Yeah. What you're doing isn't really singing. Oh. Look at me. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Goodbye. It can't really Goodbye. be called singing. It Goodbye. can't really be called singing. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Jesus. Lord Almighty, the abuse I take. God. All right. Here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Brooklyn has a small rant. Oh, and I'm so in on this one, Brooke. Way to go. If I could change the conversation for a small rant, I would like to complain about the deluge of television commercials from the gambling industry. And why are they always with these, you know, so-called beautiful, the idea of what a beautiful woman is, right? It's always women luring, luring men mostly, right? I... Okay, back to Brooke. These are so numerous that at times I feel like I do during election season where I just can't take another gambling commercial. And it isn't just a number of commercials that's bothersome. Rather, it is a mixed messaging they deliver. Many of these online gambling companies are giving you free money. Yeah, we'll give you $100 and you can make, you know, God knows how much back. They've made it so you don't lose your first wager. 
It reminds me of cigarette commercials in the 70s that were aimed at kids, which were designed to get kids hooked. But of course, at the bottom of each ad, in small print, they give you the phone number of Gamblers Anonymous. Brooke, I couldn't agree more. They have made me crazy. And I will say until I'm blue in the face that the state government and so many states' governments are in cahoots with this industry, shaking down people who can ill afford to lose any of their precious money. Um, it's a it's a regressive form of taxation, and I, I it, it it makes me insane. And people do get addicted, badly addicted. Oh, makes me crazy. Um, uh, what was that thing I was looking for? I'm sorry. I'm doing it. Hang on. Uh, I'm looking for something and I will eventually find it. I know this. Oh, that's it. There it is. So, um, this is from Vanity Fair. And this is good. It's a story about how it looks like criminal proceedings are really starting to close in on the Donald. So uh, the district attorney in Manhattan has expanded his criminal investigation into Trump's potential insurance fraud, bank fraud, and tax fraud, the DA has expanded geographically so that he's now looking at Trump's Chicago hotel. Listen to this. So Cyrus Vance, the DA's office, has subpoenaed documents from a company called Fortress Investment Management, which loaned the Trump Organization $130 million to build Trump Tower in Chicago. And then, seven years later, forgave $102 million of that debt. Now, I don't get deals like that. You don't get deals like that. You borrow money from a bank or an organization. You pay it back every penny and then some. Trump gets 130 mil and they say, you know, don't bother with 102 million of that. Here's what, though, the DA is looking for. They are interested in knowing if Trump paid taxes on the forgiven amount, because that was a gift of $102 million. Did he pay taxes on it because it's required by the IRS? In addition, he had this 
estate in Westchester County and the shenanigans with that about its valuation and this, that. These things, it's just, he's such a fraudster. He is such a crook. And now that they've got the tax records and what they're doing now is they're shaking people down. So they're, they're going after his uh, CFO, this Alan Weisselberg, who is probably so loyal to him that he's not going to break. But there's other people involved that will. And the guy they got going after him is the guy who successfully put away John Gotti. He is a mob expert. And we know that what Trump's been running is a mob operation, essentially. So this guy who put Gotti away, his name is Mark Pomerantz, he is going after Trump in the same manner. He has already sent subpoenas to lawyers who were involved in certain uh, certain property uh, proposals, things that got sold, this and that. Listen, these guys are not going to take a fall for him. So I, that's good news, okay? I'm just saying there's some good news. Uh, and you know, his shakedown, his, of the, of the fools that, uh, are still sending him money, you know, his, 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 he wrote cease and desist letters to the RNC saying, you cannot use my name to, to get money, <laughs> which by the way is bull. You bet they can. And as usual, his efforts to intimidate, uh, go nowhere usually. Um, and instead, of course, he's got his own pack, which requires no, no rules on how the money can be spent. And he's telling all his people, don't you be sending any money to the Republican Party in any form. Don't. I know you'll get solicited. Don't. You send it to me, the Donald Trump pack. And man, they're doing it. They're doing it. And he can do anything he wants with that money. What a extraordinary crook. Let us pray. <laughs> Let us pray. Let us hope that this Pomerantz and Cy Vance do what all of us have been wanting for so long and take this guy down and put him in jail because that's where he belongs. And on that happy note, I wish you all a, a good rest of the week. And I will be back on uh, a Monday. Okay? Looking forward to it. Be safe. We're so close. Be safe. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host 
and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.